Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. With us here again today on the program is Ron Kangas. Ron, it's amazing to me how God's purpose and ultimate plan are so clearly visible in Genesis once we've been given the keys. And that's precisely what Witness Lee's doing, it seems, in every one of these classic messages. Would you review for our listeners some of these vital items in the divine revelation that have their origin in Genesis? There are a great many, but I would choose five to comment on very briefly. First we see that God's way of recovery is by life. It's so easy to be concerned with other matters that we miss the crucial revelation in Genesis that our God is a God of life, that the Bible is a book of life, that God's way of fulfilling his purpose is life, and his way of recovery is also life. A second crucial matter is the word image. Humanity was created in the image of God to be the corporate expression of God. This is a great and significant seed as it shows the intrinsic purpose for the creation of humanity. We were designed and created to express God. The third, which is dominion, comes out of the second, the image. Because there is an enemy, God needs human beings to represent him as his authority to subdue all the negative things. But the dominion, implying deputy authority, is a product of our expressing God with his image. The fourth matter is human beings created as tripartite vessels to contain God. We are not primarily instruments to work for God or weapons to fight for God, but vessels to contain God. As vessels, we have not only a body and a soul, but a very mysterious part, the human spirit, which is not divine and which is not the life of God, but something quite close to it and capable of containing it. The last item I would mention is the tree of life, indicating God in Christ to be our life and life supply, and also indicating that God's purpose in creating man can be fulfilled only 
when we as vessels receive him, enjoy him, and live by him as the tree of life. Ron, in today's program, Witness Lee is going to insert a parenthesis concerning the precious materials revealed in various portions of the Bible and then draw our attention to a very special word in the New Testament, transformation. So let's join Witness Lee and look at this crucial topic in today's life study of Genesis. I wish to point out to you in all these verses, the main point is the items of all these precious materials. In Genesis 2, you have three precious materials, gold, pearl, and onyx stone. Then, in Revelation chapter 21, you have again the three categories of precious materials, gold, pearl, and not only one kind of onyx, but a good number of uh, precious stones. But anyhow, in three categories, gold, pearl, and precious stones. In between, you have uh some precious stones mounted in a golden setting for both the shoulder place and the breastplate for the high priest. Plus of this, you have Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, that says, to build the church, we have to be careful that we have to build it with three categories, again, but the middle atom is changed from pearl to silver. Gold, silver, and precious stones. And uh, also, the Lord Jesus' word in Matthew, you know, he said, Peter, you are a stone. I will build my church upon this rock. Then Peter says to us that we all are the living stones to be built up into a spiritual house. I wish to ask you to pick up a very crucial word in the New Testament. That is the word transformation. And this word is properly translated from the Greek language into the English Bible in Romans 12, 2. Being transformed by the renewing of the mind. But the same word in 2 Corinthians 3.18. King James says, are changed to the image of the Lord. And that word changed in Greek is the same word for transformed as in Romans 12.2. And this word, it has been used twice in the New Testament. Something that equals to the English equivalent metabolic change. It is not an outward change, it is some kind of organic change. We know this is the right meaning of transformation. 
Ron, I'd like to interrupt for a moment and talk about this very interesting matter of transformation. Genesis presents us with the type precious stones, and the New Testament also speaks of precious stones. My question is, how does the process of transformation that produces precious stones in the physical realm relate to our experience of transformation as believers? It relates in the sense of being a picture or a symbol of a spiritual process. When we talk of transformation, we talk about something undergoing a change not only in form, but also in element. Something was created with a natural element. When it's transformed, this natural element undergoes very significant change. So in the matter of literal precious stones, you have these stones coming into existence as a result not directly of creation, but of the transformation of created materials. All genuine believers that have a basic knowledge of the New Testament have some understanding of both regeneration and transfiguration. Regeneration is to be born of God with the divine life in our spirit. Transfiguration is related to our body. Both regeneration and transfiguration are instantaneous. Not so with transformation. Whereas our spirit and our body may be said to be changed instantaneously in life, our soul is gradually, day by day, transformed from a natural state to a glorious state, more and more expressing Christ in his glory. In the New Testament, we're told in Romans 12, 2, that we're transformed by the renewing of the mind. This indicates clearly transformation is in the soul. The main point has two aspects. First, God in his economy is determined to transform our soul from glory to glory until our soul fulfills its function of expressing the Christ who lives in our regenerated spirit. Second, the process of transformation is not instantaneous. It takes a lot of time, even a lifetime. Very few, even among the most serious and seeking Christians, realize the crucial importance of the transformation of the soul in God's economy and in God's complete salvation. Hence, Brother Lee's ministry on this matter is of crucial significance in this day and time. Thank you, Ron. And now let's return to Witness Lee in today's life study. The whole Bible is a whole piece of God's revelation. And all the seeds of God's revelation were sown in the first two chapters. In the first two chapters, you have all the seeds of the divine revelation. Firstly, you have God as the seed shown in these two chapters. Secondly, you have man 
as the seed shown in these chapters. Then you have the light as the seed shown in these chapters. And you have this, and you have that, you have this, you have that. You have a lot of things shown as seeds in these two chapters. Then, in all the following books of the Bible, all the seeds have been growing. Then when we come to the New Testament, especially to the epistles, we could see, my, the growing things have become a big, big crop. Then when you come to the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, what you can see is no more the seed, not even only the crop, a big harvest, right? Whatever was sown in the first two chapters in the Bible <laughs> will be raped in the last two chapters as the biggest harvest. Now, let me check with you. What was there in the first two pages? And what will be here in the last two pages? In a simple way, we all have to say, in the first two pages, we just can see a garden. Right? And in the last two pages, we will see a city. From the garden to the city. Surely, a lot of things have to be accomplished. A long process. We all have to see the seed was sown here in the garden. And the harvest comes in the city. And the seed was sown there including the tree of life, the river of water, and the three categories of precious materials, gold, pearl, and precious stone. But eventually, when it becomes the harvest, it is no more just the materials, but now it becomes a building. Amen. Not materials lying there or piled up there, but every piece was faithfully framed. Together. Now you have a building of gold, pearl, and precious stones. Ron, let's pause here for some fellowship if we could. Witness Lee pointed out that the items mentioned in Genesis 1 and 2 are like seeds sown at the beginning of the Bible that have their harvest in the last two chapters of Revelation. But he points out that the appearance of these items in Revelation has changed from how they first appeared in Genesis. Would you say something about the progression or process that these items pass through? First, let me point out that it's altogether normal for the harvest of something to be quite different in form from the seed. It surely would be strange if we would plant flower seeds, perhaps, and then after many weeks we still have the same thing. The seeds contain a life element which under normal conditions will grow to a mature and consummate state. What we have in the book of Genesis 
are the seeds of so many precious divine things. What we have in Revelation is the harvest or the full mature development of these seeds, and this development must of necessity be in a different form. For example, in Genesis 2, you have precious materials. You have a reference to gold, to delium, and to the onyx stone, signifying precious stones. We may say that in Genesis 2, these materials are in a kind of separated or scattered condition. But at the end of Revelation, the gold, the pearl, or delium, and the precious stones are part of a complete and consummate building. A similar development is seen with the tree of life. You have the tree of life in Genesis 2. You have the tree of life again in Revelation 22. But in Revelation 22, the tree is in the river of water of life that proceeds from the throne of the redeeming God. A third and final illustration of this development is with the wife. In Genesis 2, you have the type, Eve, produced out of Adam. In Revelation 21 and 22, you have the full development of the wife. Now the wife is the divine and human corporate entity, the new Jerusalem. It's very instructive, isn't it, to compare and contrast the beginning in Genesis with the end in Revelation. If we do this with respect to so many items, we'll gradually be enlightened to see the organic process and progression that these seeds undergo throughout the scriptures until they are harvested in the book of Revelation. Thank you, Ron. Let's return to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. The first two pages of the Bible, my, is garden with all the materials. In the last two pages, is a city built with all the precious materials. And in between is a church. And the church is also built with gold, silver, and precious stones. Not only so, you know, today in the New Testament age, the church is just the redeemed people composed together. And who are the gold, silver, and stones? We, you, and me. We, the redeemed of God today, are the materials for this spiritual composition. That is the church. Okay, in the Old Testament, uh, God had a people, the children of Israel. They were God's redeemed people. It was so interesting, you know, among them, the top one was called the high priest. And the high priest used to go into God's presence. Whenever he went into the presence of God, representing the whole people, he had to put on two pieces of the shoulder plate and one piece of the breast plate. It is quite interesting. And the two shoulder plates were two pieces of big onyx stone with all the twelve names of the twelve tribes inscribed or engraven 
on the two pieces of stones. And then on his breast there was the breast plate. And the breast plate is number one, just a golden plate sighting. Then within the sighting you have twelve pieces of precious stones. And on these twelve pieces of precious stones were the names of the twelve tribes. And we have read already in Revelation chapter 21 on all the twelve gates, the twelve names of the tribes were there. What I mean is this, in the New Testament, you have the church built with gold, silver, and precious stone. Okay, in the Old Testament, you have God's people composed together with gold and precious stones, and that become a whole entity. Let me tell you, in the eyes of God, that breastplate was a miniature of the coming New Jerusalem. And I tell you also, today, the church built with gold, pearl, and precious stones is also a miniature of the coming New Jerusalem. We have covered the whole Bible from the beginning with a garden to the end with a faith. Ron, in this last section, Witness Lee makes a striking statement that the church is a composition of all his redeemed people, and that as God's redeemed people, we become the materials for his spiritual building, the New Jerusalem. You've pointed out in the past, Ron, that this is a crucial and central aspect of the entire revelation of Scripture. Would you please develop this for us again in light of today's speaking by Witness Lee? I will try to develop along two lines. The New Jerusalem unveiled wonderfully in the last two chapters of Revelation is the divine answer to two fundamental human questions. Why am I here and where am I going? The New Jerusalem is the answer to the question, why am I here? Because it is God's answer to the perennial question concerning purpose. We are here on the earth for God's eternal purpose, and God's eternal purpose is to have the New Jerusalem as the eternal corporate expression of himself in Christ through all his redeemed and regenerated people. The New Jerusalem is God's answer to the second question, Where am I going, or what is my ultimate destiny? It is commonly thought that our ultimate destiny will be a mansion in heaven. Allow me to say, quite honestly and even quite frankly, that this is not the truth of the divine revelation in the Scriptures. Our destiny, or where we are going ultimately, is not heaven. It is the New Jerusalem, a spiritual entity composed of God and all of his redeemed people living an eternal, delightful, married life. The New Jerusalem is the wife, the bride, 
And the redeeming God is the husband. So when we talk about the New Jerusalem, we surely are considering something most profound. The New Jerusalem is God's goal. The New Jerusalem, whether we know it or not, is also the believer's goal. Everything God is doing in our human life, especially in our spiritual life as Christians, is to take us closer and closer to his ultimate consummation, the city of the living God, the new Jerusalem, the wife of the redeeming Christ, our wonderful Lord. Thank you, Ron. I believe this is a point we need to hear repeatedly until we realize that the new Jerusalem answers the profound questions of both our existence and the universe. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.